The Acting Brunch. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. Hello, you're right. Uh, thanks for joining me yeah. today for a virtual acting brunch. Um, obviously, we're recording this in January in 2021. So normally I would like to meet up with a guest in a coffee shop and have a chat and stuff, but we're going to be doing it the virtual way, which is thanks to the wonders of our technology. So yeah, I've um, really been looking forward to, to chatting to you. Um, we've met a couple of times, um, I think in the, oh, a few years ago, like film short film festivals or like so acting social events and stuff and I've chatted to you a couple of times but it's mostly been like online I've been sort of following you over the last uh, couple of years and um, I'll, I really um, admire the way you're so or you you are so uh, driven and creating your own opportunities that you're putting out there you're very good on social media and stuff so I just wanted to yeah chat to you about that pick your brains and talk about your journey as well you are a actor slash writer slash filmmaker slash artist and a yeah. puppeteer as well I want to say puppeteer is that right um yeah. Into yeah. That. so yeah uh, just to to start off um very cliche question this but tell me about your your journey um or your path to to becoming an actor did you start off in sort of school college or did you come into it later on um in your life uh, both really the, the answer to that is both. I, I went to drama college and I was so, so lucky. I, I always knew that I wanted to, to go into the arts and I always knew from very young that I wanted to, to do acting and I'd always, always done it. It's kind of things like school and stuff and I wasn't any good at anything else at all. Um, I wasn't particularly academic and I was just very, lived in my own world half the time. And so acting um, and the sort of creative industries was the natural progression for me. So I went to drama college and I was really lucky that after straight after drama college at 18, I was given um, an equity contract. I mean, we're going back a long, a long way where the equity contract would actually come through and it would say equity across it. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm kind of giving away my age a little bit as well. Um, so, yeah, it's I mean, you're going back kind of sort of 20 years that I got um that opportunity straight straight from from college um and so I worked in theatre for a couple of years but it was a weird it was a weird place for me in my 20s because I I always say I say this a lot of people I was a, a square peg in a round hole and I remember one of my acting coaches at college said to me you don't you don't fit don't try and be the girl next door don't try and be this you look a certain way they, you know, you'll figure it out. Eventually you'll, you'll figure out where you sit. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest journeys for most actors is just saying to themselves and being honest with themselves and just going, what kind of actor am I? What do people think when they see my face? What do people think when they hear my voice? All those kind of things. Um, and I just couldn't figure that out at all in my twenties. And I think a lot of young actors go through that. Um, yeah, and I was this square peg trying desperately to fit into a, to a round hole. And so I thought, do you know what? I'm going to give myself a bit of a break. And so something else kind of came my way and I ended up joining a rock band and touring for about two or three years. Wow. Uh, and that came with its own incredible amount of fun. And um, yeah, I was with uh, in a band with seven guys 
and it was just the most most fun i can't remember half of it unfortunately <laughs> um, and back there those are the days where the internet and facebook i mean that was back in my space kind of time so um Yay. it's not massively documented all that and sometimes we do we do talk every so often me and the old band and go do you remember doing that I'm like no you know and <laughs> like sometimes we would literally turn up at a festival and we had no idea where in the country we were because we were either massively drunk the night before and we'd just get in the van and then we'd just turn up and the and our driver would just arrive and we'd just get on stage and then the party would continue etc yeah. etc so um so that that kind of journey and then uh we knew the life with the band was was really quite chaotic as i've probably just explained yeah. um and quite sort of anarchistic as well and so we knew that it wasn't we knew we had to kind of go our separate ways eventually and so then i still wasn't kind of ready back to to go back into acting and so i went to live in australia me and my best friend literally just up sticks and just went and we and our mantra when we went to Australia was say yes to everything as long as it doesn't um as long as it's within our moral compass yes yeah. does that make sense so, so say yes to any opportunity don't say no to anything as long as we stick together and it's within our moral compass yeah. and then that's it and it was during that time when um that I was we lived in the outback for a really long time we worked on a ranch and it was during that time that i started figuring out kind of who i was and started kind of maybe giving less of a shit about mm. being the square peg yeah and going actually i'm going to start looking for a square hole so mm. when i came back to the to the uk actually when i was kind of wrapping up my time in australia i was looking at um studying back in the uk and so when I came back to the UK, I knew that um, I wanted to continue to study and I wanted to get back into acting, but I'd been out of it now for probably about six years altogether. And so then I went to study at UCLan and I did a degree in contemporary theatre and performance, which was probably the best thing I could have ever have done because I knew I didn't necessarily want to go and do an acting course for kind of my own reasons really and I don't want to insult other actors and other things like that but again I was this square peg yeah, yeah. and I was thinking this these courses don't fit with this square peg and but the contemporary theatre course seemed to fit it was like it doesn't matter what shape or size your peg is yeah that this is the place for you and so I did three years there and ended up graduating with first class honours and it was during that time that I wrote two one-woman shows. And that was where this fire came, where I thought, actually, I can start writing. Yeah. I can start doing my own work. And I'm capable of doing my own work. And that was a really scary place to be. But while I was at university uh, and studying, I, they really pushed that forward. Do you know what I mean? It, they weren't blowing smoke up your ass, but they were going, actually, you've, you've got this talent to make work. So carry on doing it. And then when I left university, I did my woman, I did two of my one woman shows in theater. And then I realized that film was, film and TV was where I really wanted to be. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm up to now. Yeah. And the last kind of couple of years have been building on that. 
So that was a really long answer. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect answer. That's exactly. I am old. <laughs> no, I'm old. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's a, it's a amazing story. I love the rock band uh, bit in between. Oh just there, uh, just that's great. Um, so yeah, in terms of like for you, uh, you been creating your own work as well so obviously and a lot of people advise that you know um casting directors even and, and directors who you watch on webinars these fantastic webinars that we watch and they always say you know the opportunity there but don't just sit around and wait for the phone to call try and create your own work create your own opportunities as well so you've been done you've been doing that now have you correct me if i'm wrong have you written three three short films so far or was it four um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just about to go into pre-production on my fourth now, so hopefully I'm filming in May. Fantastic, okay. Okay, we'll talk about that in a moment, because uh, is this, send me a postcard, is that right? Is that... No, no, that's, um, no, yeah, this is a, a different one. Another one, it's on fire? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you about that in a moment, because I've seen something about this, the script um, in, a, in a festival. Um, so your first sort of film that you created, um, I remember chatting to you a couple of years ago, and I think you were look you were uh, you were about to put it into production. Is it the one about you being in a band? Um, is that right? Was it lions and? Oh my god! Yeah, lions, tigers, and bears is going back about. Is it about four years ago now? That was the first. That was the first time I thought I, I've got a whole script together, and and again I was. You start, I think if you can pull out um, uh, parts of your own life, like like to me, lions, tigers and bears, it sort of amalgamated this, like, the, the, uh, the life in the band that I'd had. Um, and, and I was really literally working on a micro, micro budget with that. And, I was, and I'd done a film with, with Lee Bolton with LB Studios. And I really liked the way that Lee worked. And I had this idea for Lions, Tigers and Bears and I just went to Lee and I said, look, I've no idea what I'm doing, but I know that I want to make this. And so he kind of scooped me up underneath his sort of wing and went, let's do it, let's make it. So that was the first one that I ever did. And then um, kind of that progression has, you know, grown. Or, well, I'd like to say organically, but I have done a lot of work <laughs> like sort of behind the scenes of figuring out what it all means to start yeah. making content and, and making films so. absolutely yeah and that's also why i was thinking of that lines and tags and because that must have been because that what's your first well once you've got through that hurdle of of that and you've had you know some great help from lee and stuff and it's then you've been as you said figuring out and learning as you go along and and, and stuff like that and that's 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 part of the journey which uh you know when you're going to look back on in the future and go all oh, that it was all worth it you know all that work but um so your next um a uh, film that I was gonna was gonna ask you about was um, one that's currently doing the rounds. Enter Nirvana. Um, yeah. I watched the trailer for that, um, and it's very short. Uh, it's yeah. away, and the synopsis was uh, a woman's journey to find peace leads to esoteric depths, is what I read, and it's I'm really intrigued by it. Now you've been sending that um, around the festivals and stuff. Obviously, now we're in the lockdown. I assume did that film get finished before? um covid struck in march last yeah. year we were really lucky actually um because i just i ended up making two 
to, well, Puppy finished in, um, we filmed Puppy in uh, 2019 and it was finished in January, like the whole entire edit was finished in January and then I filmed Enter Nirvana in February and then the editor did a really fantastic job and we worked it. So the filming was finished before even lockdown was a thing. Right. And so End Nirvana, the full edit, that was then finished in, I think, March. And then it went straight into festivals from then. Great, Tim. So, ah, fantastic, fantastic. So uh, Puppy was, the, was 2019 then, it was 2019. Yeah, we filmed, because it was over the course of the year because I uh, ended up being in hospital for a big chunk of the filming is and we had to sort of separate the two um yeah had this kind of well again I suppose this is really important to talk about because it's it's really pushed me forward and I had this kind of near-death experience where I ended up having uh having having to have this enormous surgery and opening up I have a, in a big long scar across my stomach where I nearly died um and that was that was what Enter Nirvana came out of is that I went, oh my gosh, like it was all, I don't, I don't want to sound kind of cheesy, but it was this kind of moment of going, how can I take something that was so ridiculously bonkers and turn it into some kind of art? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Without it being about death or near death. And so Enter Nirvana is effectively my interpretation of what that felt like. Wow. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, 100%, yeah. Amazing, that's fantastic. What um, what about um, with with Puppy? Um, could you tell me a little bit more about that? Is that something? Is that still um going around in festivals itself, or is? Yeah. So so Puppy was so it was it started out as a micro horror, as literally a one minute horror film. That was it. And what I always do, and what I've always done, is I've never been afraid to um seek help and ask for advice and all the films and things that I've worked on and people that I've really admired um I'll just email you I'll say I've got this idea I've got this script just tell me honestly tell me if it's shit or tell me if I'm onto something and I've got some really amazing people that I go to um uh that will always give me their honest opinion yeah and so puppy he said it's yeah it's a good micro horror but it's got it's a really good idea so you need to develop it you need to sit on it and so it actually took over about nine months to completely write and it ended up being inspired by true events and that's when it turned into a psychological thriller rather than a horror it had this kind of through all the advice that I was getting from other people of this different character development and this and that and this and that it, t it ended up being so much bigger than I thought it was going to be um and so I had this script and I was really happy with it and then I went to uh to Mark Zamet who's a, a filmmaker in London and just said I've got this really big idea this is the budget that I've got for it what do you think and he's like yeah let's let's do this wow. so that's the kind of story for that really that's amazing it's great though, as you said, you know, not be, and I think that's a thing with a lot of people. It's being afraid to ask sometimes, you know. Don't be afraid. I mean, what's what's the worst thing? Either someone's going to ignore your email, or, well, that's probably the worst thing is that you can. I've had loads of like, I've, I've had. Well, I've been, I have been quite lucky because most of the time when I reach out to people, 
um, you know, they have got back to me or they've got back to me a couple of months later or, or this or that, but never be afraid to ask. Yeah. Because what, nobody's ever going to say, how dare you email me? <laughs> they're not, are they? They're just, <laughs> they're, they're just they're, no one's ever, ever going to do that. So exactly. I think that's, if I was going to give anybody a, a, any advice, it's reach out. You know, I, I've had people come to me and say, say very similar things. What was your journey? What was your way? And it's, everyone's got their own journey of how they're going to make films. But I think the first thing is, is don't be afraid to ask and people apologize for asking me like don't apologize if i've got time i'll sit down with you and we'll have a conversation about it yeah do you know what i mean because i feel really fortunate to have been in this position now and to have made these short films and to keep on making them so of course i'm going to sit down with you you know we're all we're all in the same boat we're all we've all chosen this career path so we might as well start helping each other up 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. That's one thing as well, you no? Know, because um, again, online, I, I, that's like myself, I'm, I'm always happy to help people whenever they want to ask a question and just, you know, because I, I mean, I'm, I said I'm still on my path. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not at the top or anything yet, but um, it, what I, whatever I can give to someone, I love to do. And I think that's so important. I think the communities like um, with that, Act on this, uh, Ross Grant. Act yeah, on this community. Absolutely, fantastic for that, you know, and and people just helping each other, and that, and it's so important because it's such a such a hard industry, isn't it? You know, to yeah. to crack and get through. So as long as we're you know standing well, side by side, it's there's no there's no secret code. There's no secret book that I'm hiding away. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? It's not like oh well, I'm not going to tell you how how I did this because all of it has been. Every single thing that I have done has been through networking. And if I work on a project, um, you know, if I get hired as an actor on a project, a lot of the people that I now seek um, advice from, I've worked for. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've got amazing directors and amazing DOPs and amazing scriptwriters that I've just maintained that relationships with from years ago. Yeah. You know, over the course of my sort of acting career, I've always kind of, even if it's once a year, checked in, how you doing, da, 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 da. Not for any game, but those relationships were built really naturally over time. Yeah. And, and, that's where, and that's where I would say always network, have that community around you. Yeah. Because you, you're never going to lose by having that because it's such an insular life that we lead yeah. that's constantly looking for attention or validation or this or that then if if we can we're all in this together aren't we at the end of the day without sounding cheesy we are so true though isn't it yeah it's 100 yeah. um so like for, um with, you, with your acting career you've, you said we've been talking about some of your films you create your own work you've um i've seen you popping up on a couple of adverts over the last uh, couple of years as well but one thing that really stood out was a, a cracking credit you got uh, for coronation street um now i watched your show reel and i seen the clip the part and i think i might maybe around the time that that you did it um I, you, you might have put the clip up and it was great it was a really prominent role as well this isn't just, you know this is this was a cracking role you sat on the couch with uh, uh leanne battersby is that right yeah. Yeah. and um yeah it was it was awesome so i just wanted to ask what your experience from that now obviously is that when you got that that must have been a fantastic um job to get was this was did you do this was it 
2020 or was it 2019? When did when did you get that job? I got that job in 2020, and the day that I was supposed to film, we went into lockdown. Was it that? Was it? Yeah, <laughs> the day. Classic. Um, so it would I would have been cast at with on that yeah at the beginning. So sort of probably either end of February, the beginning of March. Yeah. And so yeah, the day I was supposed to film it, we went into lockdown, and I thought to myself. They might write it out. You just don't know because I wasn't quite sure where the storyline was going, and I thought, well, you know, if it's written out, then I can't. There's no point crying over it. It was a really good role. I really liked Josie, um, and it was some really solid, good chunks of scenes. And and the thing is, is that um, I I'd been up for so many roles. Like I'd been in Coronation Street about three years before playing a doctor, mm-hmm. and with this one. I'd gone in and gone in and gone in and, and, and each role wasn't for me. And, I, and sometimes you know when a role's not for you, but you think, I'm, I'm happy I'm here. I'm happy I'm in the room. Um, but with Josie, you don't wanna, it's hard, but you don't wanna get too attached to certain roles. So when obviously the call came through and they said, you know, you've got, you've got the role of Josie, I was absolutely thrilled. And then almost immediately it was taken away. And then over the course of lockdown, um, I tried not to think about it that much, but I was, you know, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I would, I would have been gutted if I couldn't have filmed it. And so, yeah, I went in um, when they started filming again, and they were starting to bring, you know, those day characters back in. Uh, that was the first. I was one of the first that they brought in, you know, as day outside of the the regulars. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just bloody thankful. I had this big beaming smile across my face all the time. It's like, I'm just so happy to be here. No, <laughs> wonderful. The people, if you, if anybody who's ever auditioned at Coronation Street or, or, or worked on it, they're amazing. They're just so bloody. You just feel as though you're part of the furniture straight away. So, yeah, just keep keep pushing. And, and like I say, I've been, I've been for so many roles over the course of the last couple of years. Um, you just keep going. Yeah, you've just got to keep going. Hundred percent. And when you get a role like that, um, and it does come through, and you know, it's all those other times. It's it just makes it worth it so much. Uh, especially when you when you get it taken away from you temporarily, or you're not too sure, like you did, like, <laughs> which is there. Uh, but no, made up. It was a group. Um, the scene that's on your show reel, anyway, fantastic. So that's that's amazing. And again, it's you know, it's it puts you up a level now. You know, and and hopefully to some more to build on. Um, what was your way of dealing with lockdown in terms of like, you, you know, for you, for your acting, did it, was it, was it, for, was it a case of, do you know what, just got to get, it is what it is. We're going to have to just um, push through, see what happens, you know, down the line. Or did you, did it affect you much? Um, well, the first thing I did, I think in that first week, I panicked and I downloaded the Duolingo app and I thought, I'm definitely going to learn Spanish. I that did- lasted about three weeks. <laughs> oh, three weeks. Um, no, no, uh, no, no, hablo español. That's oh, about gosh. as much. That's about as much as uh, as I took away from that. Um, <laughs> no, so I did do that kind of thing of right. Okay, okay, we've got to. I've got to do something. Can't get out. Can't audition. I've got to do something. Um, but I, again, I was really, I was really lucky. I threw myself into a bit more writing. And then from the back of Puppy, 
I thought, what will, what can I do? What things am I capable of doing at the moment? And so the two things that I was capable of doing was networking still and writing. Those were the two things that I was in complete control of. Everything else, whatever was going on outside, that was it. And, and almost as well as sort of your mental well-being. Do you know what I mean? You can have a week, have a week, drink all the Merlot you want, and then stop feeling sorry for yourself. And then, do you know what I mean? Or, or however long it sort of takes you. And don't have, um, don't feel bad. I mean, I had days where I just didn't get out of bed. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to have Netflix day. That's fine. Exactly. But the few things that, that I knew that I was in complete control of was networking and writing. And those are the two things that I really focused on doing. Um, and I ended up uh, having a really fantastic meeting with a director. And that's, and off the back of that, now Puppy is being developed into a feature film. Wow. Um, and it, it was all those kind of things. And I think because I started getting that momentum going and I was starting to take control of okay what can I do next and what can I do next things started coming back to me mm -hmm. do you know what I mean it was this kind of thing that I was so on the ball and um and I maintained a sense of positivity about it that during lockdown I was so so lucky that I ended up filming and I ended, I ended up auditioning uh and filming a pilot under kind of COVID restrictions and it's for a brand new comedy. And I got one of the lead roles in that. Um, and that was filming with a London, um, a, a company in London. And then I also got Meet the Richardsons, which I filmed Ooh. in 2020, which is coming out next, coming out in February. Amazing. But I get, but the reason I'm telling you that is because I think it was because I was doing all these other things that, I don't, is it called like the law of attraction or something like that, yeah, that you yeah. put these things out and then, yeah. And so, and so with regard to that, again, I, I think I was just really, when I look back on it, I go, gosh, that was that, as things go, that was an okay year. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, um, but it didn't come with it. it. It didn't come without its sort of dark times. Yeah, you know, and and you know, my husband was working from home, and I don't think that he. There were times that I don't think that he might have really understood kind of where my mind was when I did, when I said, "Do you know what? I can't do today. I can't. I can't get out of bed today. I need to just stop, and and or I need to start having a drink at eleven o'clock in the morning. Or you know, that's okay as long as it's not all the time that is it, and it's okay, and you've come out at the end of that. Um, but I think the moment that I started sort of being kinder to myself and started taking the pressure off, that's when I started feeling the rewards. Oh, yeah. Just, just kindness. Show yourself a little bit of kindness. Stop being so hard on yourself and things tend to come from that. Absolutely. I think. Perfectly put. That's exactly, you know, exactly what I said. And they always put that thing, isn't it? It's okay not to be okay. Like you said, the, the odd day we came down, that's all right. But, you know, that's amazing that, yeah, how you've dealt with that is, is great. And I think it's, I think it's inspirational to, you know, I, I love seeing that from people that have done that, you know, and, and, and put things out and, you know, the rewards do come back to you. So that's amazing. Um, I wanted to um, ask you as well about, 
um, lockdown festivals now with things like Enter Nirvana being in festivals. Obviously, the festivals I used to go to, you'd go and you'd go and watch a bunch of films and people would be there and etc. So it's all online now, isn't it? Now I don't know too much yeah. about how it's how it's working. So what's how do they how do they work that at the moment? Um well that's as simple as it is really. It's all online and the different festivals that um some of the festivals that Enter Nirvana and Puppy have both been at is that I think Puppy was actually in one that you could have attended, but it was a bit of a risky one. I think it was, it, I, I decided not to go to sort of uh, to that one. Um, but the other ones, like Enter Nirvana seems to have done quite well in Europe. And I think it's because it's quite arty. Okay. It's yeah. very arty, it, you know, it's, it's classed as art house horror. Um, it doesn't have hardly, it hardly has any dialogue in it. I think it has maybe three lines of dialogue yeah. in the entire thing. Right. Um, and so it did well kind of on the international market and around Europe, I think, for that. Um, and so with regards to online festivals, is it still has, it actually can have a much bigger audience because um, people from all over the world then can attend that festival. They mm -hmm. can either get, you know, a weekend festival pass, they can get a day festival pass, they can get the short film festival pass. And so all of a sudden your your stuff's being seen outside of the typical kind of festival uh, umbrella, really. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's, yeah, because I was I thought it would be something like that, but it's great that you can get yourself these passes and stuff to get people to get access and um, a larger audience. Yeah, that's amazing. I noticed if because um, you know again to you know give it give yourself a, you know credit for this. Obviously, it's won some awards as well, hasn't it? Enter Nirvana. Yeah. Know? Which is which is amazing. So it must be good for you when your work is is being, um, as you said, it's done well in those international festivals. But getting some, you know, getting some um, credit for it, I think, is is uh, must be a really good good feeling for you to know that you you're on the right path. <laughs> oh, it, it's so hard. Um, I mean, that was the first film I'd I'd really sort of properly directed with, you know, I, I mean, I, I had directed Lions, Tigers and Bears, but I did it properly guerrilla Lions, Tigers and Bears. Do you know what I mean? It was on the fly. But with this one, um, you know, I storyboarded the entire thing. I knew, I knew which shots I wanted. I knew exactly, you know, and I'd worked with my DAP and my art director for a couple of weeks prior to filming. So I had a complete, you know, it was sort of night and day. And that was a couple of years of learning and watching other directors and seeing what they do and going, right, where is this? Um, you know, like, where do I fall into this? And what kind of films do I really want to make? And with Enter Nirvana, I, I knew I wanted to make a beautiful film that was weird yeah. and creepy. Um, and, and yeah, and, and, and then for it to become sort of recognised and then people liking it and then people sort of sitting with it and giving me these reviews there is a degree of sort of validation for it mm. uh, and and it's a tricky one because for, for all the yeses in the festivals you get you know that there's about 200 no's yeah but nobody else sees that do you know yeah. what I mean when you open that email when you know that it's it, that deadline's coming up and you're like ah, oh, I'm getting that one and I really wanted to get in that one but then it's the same as auditioning, you get all these no's and then you get one yeah and all the no's have forgotten about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, you know, having, having awards, I still can't quite get my head around it mm -hmm. yeah. sometimes. You'll go, what? Like, you thought mine, mine was the, 
best of that. Okay, I'm gonna, you know, and I, and I think that those kind of things, you don't make it thinking this is gonna be an award-winning film. You just make it because you really wanna make it. And then, you know, if it picks up those kind of things along the way, then it's a massive, it's a massive perk with regards to moving your career forward with regards to filmmaking. Yeah. Like now, um, as I'm moving into the next project, like already I've got a producer that I think before all that, no producer would look at any of the work that I was going to make because they don't know who I am. Yeah. But all of a sudden, now you've got a few of these things sort of behind your name. They go, oh, okay. Like she gets some work done. She's got this kind of weird thing about her. Let's have a look. And so that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of built that way really it's um yeah but but don't do it don't do it for awards don't do it for things like that just do it because you can't do anything else that you really want to do it yeah of course yeah of course we do it it's for the love isn't it and for wanting to you know to create and create opportunities for but yeah no it's just it was it's great to see it being successful after the, the work you've put in for it so which is amazing. um i wanted to oh just to to touch on um uh, two other things. One is um, I noticed that I don't know if it was last year or the year before. You, you, you probably still do it. You used to put a lot of puppets on um, pictures of puppets and videos of puppets you were making. Now, yeah. is puppetry something that's uh, something that's big in, that's been in your life for a while, or is it something that you've started doing in the last couple of years? Uh, no, it, I mean, it really started when I came back from Australia, I had no job, didn't know what to do, and um, I kind of reached out for some work, and a really, really good friend of mine said, I need a puppeteer, and I was like, shit, I've never done it, and I went, yeah, of course, of course I can puppet, yeah, of course I can do that, yeah. and so I went along, and I ended up uh, being, being a puppeteer for him for about five years, kind of on and off, um, and we had one show that we did four shows a day and that's kind of where I've really learned kind of how to hone that craft and then building puppets was something completely different is that I was working as um, because the older you get I mean that kind of puppetry was hard work kind of physically and the older I got I was like oh I don't know if I can do this anymore um, but, but I was working as his choreographer um, building these shows and I looked at some of the puppets and I thought, I bet I could make something nicer looking than those. Like I thought the, the puppets were really ugly. And so I just said, if I make you one and you really like it, can I build your puppets for you? And so I built him a prototype of the kind of puppets that I would make. And then I got the contract. And so I ended up building puppets for him um, for the following four years. <laughs> that was me hustling it's so cool though that was something so different because the video you put there was that must obviously you said you started creating more of them then there was a lot you had like a line of a load of them out there but they were really really cool puppets and you were doing a bit yeah. of a um, <laughs> couple of voices and that but excellent they're so good well, those puppets were sorry gosh um yeah so every year i would build about 150 puppets that go over to sweden but obviously during lockdown, um, the puppets couldn't go. So now I have over 150 puppets in my back bedroom waiting <laughs> to go. <laughs> I must be an interesting. Yeah, my weird puppet thing. <laughs> That's cool. 
Um, and also, I was going to ask you as well. You, you, um, you're an artist as well. I believe I've seen you. Yeah. Do, um, are you from? Are you live in Blackpool? And I yeah. think it was somewhere in Blackpool. Or I did see you done like a mural um, on the wall. Whereabout was that? It was. It was fantastic. It was like comedians or entertainers or something. Was it? Yeah. That's another really weird um, story, actually, is that uh, it's a, a friend of mine who owns a comedy station in Blackpool. And I'd have been to the comedy station a few times to, to go and watch the acts. And he's got this fantastic, fantastic space, really great club. But one wall was completely like plain. And I was like, ah, oh, that would look really good with loads of comedians on it. And so we ended up getting massively drunk. And I said, can I start a mural on the wall? And I was, I think he was a bit nervous at first. And I, so I showed him some of the artwork that I'd done before. And he's, and I, I think he felt a bit sorry for me. It's like, okay, <laughs> like, okay, start doing the mural. And then it became this enormous project that I did. And then um, at the end of the second lockdown, when all of our work had disappeared, I mean, I was absolutely on my ass kind of financially. Um, and so I'd been spending loads of time at the comedy station. So he used to just said, come and work for me. So I started working there. Uh, on a Friday and a Saturday so I got to watch loads of comedians every weekend so I ended up being part of the staff which is what I was trying to say ended up kind of being there and never leaving that's a great story <laughs> fantastic um yeah so uh, just to the um in terms of like what what going forward obviously we're in another lockdown at the moment um in the UK but obviously um, the entertainment, the acting world, the TV especially is still going ahead. Um, what what uh, projects are you involved in going forward? I know you've mentioned about you, the, the feature film, etc. Is there anything else that you're doing at the moment during this lockdown to um, that you, you wish to talk about? Um, well, I've just, I, like I say, with uh, I've just managed to get a producer interested. I'm really excited. I've never worked with a producer before. Um, and sort of off the back of Enter Nirvana, he'd seen the work that I was doing and he said, have you got any more projects coming up? And, and I said, actually, I've got this sci-fi horror that I've just written. Mm -hmm. And so he read the script for that and really, really loved it. And then we just had a production meeting yesterday and we start hopefully filming in beginning of May for that. Yes, <laughs> exciting, <laughs> exciting, it really is. Yeah um brilliant and um yeah do you uh do you do any or do you is voiceover so i've been watching a lot of um some really cool uh videos and um regarding voiceover at the moment um ross grant was doing a, a done, has done a cracking couple of webinars and stuff regarding it is voiceover something that you're into yourself or you're getting into um yeah i have done some voiceover uh work before i think the last the last thing i did again that was from I'd done a voiceover reel with Alex Gregson. He's he's a um, a sound engineer from Manchester. Check out check out his studio, by the way, if you can. Uh, he's based in Manchester, and I'd done a voice reel with him. And then, strangely enough, I think probably about six months later, he recommended me to um, this company in Switzerland, and I ended up working on. Um, a PlayStation game as one of the main characters wow. from that. Literally, it was a VR game yeah. for PlayStation. Um, 
and it was his recommendation and he said check out this person's work and I was like this is absolutely bonkers so um I sort of dipped my toe in that and I've done bits bits here and there uh but it's something that I I do have or I, I was st starting to work on um children's audio books and I've got a a little YouTube um uh, a little YouTube channel called Snug in a Bug and that's me oh. doing audio books for children wow that's um yeah, so it's something that I actually, I do really, really enjoy doing it. And every so often people do kind of contact me and say, can you do this? Because I've got a tiny little home studio and I can produce things, um, you know, not not to a, it, it's to a degree where people can effectively kind of use it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm no producer by any stretch of the word. But yeah, I think with, with voiceover, you've got to really throw yourself into it if you're going to take it massively seriously. Like I say, I have a little home studio that if people ask me, then I'll do it. And I think it's just something that um, as actors, it's it's another tool for us, isn't it? It's yeah. another tool for our kind of arsenal. Like you've got a great accent that you can use. Mine, Mine's pretty kind of northern but neutral. Mm. And so people want that kind of clear authoritarian voice they tend to come to me <laughs> but yeah I would definitely say if it, it, it can be just real fun to do absolutely but yeah check out check out Alex Revson he's an, he's an incredible um uh, sound engineer 100% I will I will do but um that's fantastic listen I've had a it's been a great chat this um I could pick you out. Just one more thing to probably pick your brains about, and also a bit of probably advice you could you could give out as well. I've got like an idea for a for a um, for like a, a series or for a, be like a, a few parts of a series. What's your what advice would you give in terms of getting that idea down onto onto paper? Um, I've got as well onto in terms of putting it into a sort of script. I've got everything together. Would you advise me getting in touch with or people to get in touch with? Um, people who are writers who can give you an idea of how to structure it properly or do you just do you well just I mean do down? you think you can do it I think I could have a go um yeah do it then Dance, what, yeah. what I would always say is do a vomit draft just get your ideas out there this is the advice that people have given me so I'm going to basically just just echo what they ever said do a vomit draft of it um so as as the ideas come it just pulls out pulls out pulls out and then you can always revisit that um another really great piece of advice i was given was do a treatment um which is effectively kind of a bit of a short story that has a beginning middle and end that tells people about your idea and that's really good for you to go back to you know i know that with um with the feature film of puppy the treatment is the thing that I always come back to of going, have I gone too far off yeah. my idea? But um, I would always say, look, if, if you, the thing is, is if you start using other writers, how are you really going to be able to explain your ideas fully? Yeah, yeah. Very cool. You know, don't worry about things like formatting and stuff like that. Lo like I can have a chat with you kind of privately about the kind of programs that I use. I don't need to be privately, actually. I can just tell you here. I use a program called um, Celtex. That's C-E-L-T-X. Celtex, right? Celtex completely formats everything that you need to do. It's it's dead easy to use. 
and you can do it for feature scripts you can do it for series you can do things like that so check that out that's exactly what i use for all of my scripts um one really great book with regards to writing is a book called save the cat which you can get on audiobook or you can just download it save the cat is a really easy kind of step-by-step -step structured thing about how to format scripts and where your story's going okay um, but like i say i think if it's your idea do it first and then if 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 at the end of it you go oh do you know what i think i think i'm a bit stuck here i think i need some help then then open it up get some advice don't be worried about sending your ideas out because this isn't kind of Hollywood where somebody's just going to immediately steal your idea and then go make it. Do you know what I mean? We're all kind of in this together. People get very precious about their own ideas. But sharing them, you're going to get so much more kind of back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If, like, I, 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 um, uh, I'm involved with a screenwriters group, which is amazing. And then we quite often talk about ideas or we'll read out each other's scripts and then at the end of that meeting they'll go well what if the protagonist did this mm. go, oh i've never even thought about that so again going back to kind of what we talked about originally it's it's being vulnerable and asking for help is okay but yeah. do do start doing the work but if you get stuck then ask for help but definitely if it's your idea just just get it down or just do bits every day Fantastic. and that yeah, that's kind of how I live my life. My office um, is full of paper everywhere. <laughs> uh, I think my husband just closes the door. <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can procrastinate till the cows come home. And the thing, I think that one of the main things that stops us from doing anything is fear. Like, is it going to be good enough? Are people, are people going to think this is shit? Is it shit? And then once you stop listening to those ridiculous ideas and just going, well, do you know what? If it's shit, hopefully someone's going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it really is shit, and some some things are shit, um, but what if it's not? Yeah. Then it's your own voice just telling you that's your own insecurity. But what if it's a brilliant idea? Absolutely. So. There you go. That's, that's getting it. done. I'm yeah. expecting you. I'm expecting to hear big things. 100%, 100%. Oh, no, great advice. Thank you. Um, but yeah, listen, it's been, I could talk to you all day about our, our business, what we love doing. Um, great, to, great to chat to you. Um, I really um, say keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you're on a uphill trajectory that's uh, it's going to take you places and as soon as that rocket's lit you're going to go to going to go to the top <laughs> it's great to see i love to see people who are who are you know who are putting everything in who are working so hard and the rewards are going to come and it's really inspiring hopefully you know it'll help people to to push on themselves and do the same so but uh, oh, yeah i mean it's it's absolutely flamed by this track i mean i could talk till the cows come home about kind of anything and I am I, you know I'm pretty much an open book so if anyone wants to kind of contact me and ask me about um you know about those journeys into filmmaking and funding and all that kind of thing then just just holler you know just ask me what's your what's your twitter what's your twitter handle oh god I don't know things like I don't I'm not really on twitter I think instagram and facebook or instagram is one of the best places to get me okay um 
I know my Instagram is my full name, but my first name is spelt differently. It's like L Y N S Y, then oh. Bennett Thompson. But just yeah, if you I think you type in. Uh, yeah, but Twitter. I've I've not, I've not really figured out Twitter that much still. Um, so Facebook and Instagram, Instagram particularly is the is the main place. If you if anyone wants to kind of get in touch or what have you, yeah, I'm I'm pretty much here all the time. Here's the dog. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been a, been a great chat. And um, yeah, keep uh, keep the fire burning. And, and um, yeah, thank you again. You too. See you soon. Yeah, you too. Well done for this, by the way, as well. It's awesome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>